from Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Kelly from LinkWall. Kelly, it's so nice to have you on. Thanks for having me, Brad. Excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm really excited for today's discussion. So, Kelly, can you tell me a bit about yourself as well as your company and what you guys are up to? Yeah, happy to. So Kelly Owen Grover, I am the Chief Marketing Officer here at Linkwell. Linkwell is a family of companies that provide everything a company or organization would need to implement electric vehicle charging from helping you identify sites, securing funding all the way through installation and then ongoing maintenance. I've been in the larger go-to-market realm for over 20 years, had positions that span sales, business development, new venture, and have been firmly in the marketing space for the past 10 years. Very cool. I love it. So tell me a bit more about Linkwell, like what you guys do specifically, who your customers are, what all that looks like. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And I think especially from a marketer's perspective, when we think about EV charging, it I think for a lot of people falls into this technology bucket or like a service bucket that might not have a direct application to your particular business, right? Whether it's retail, property ownership, hospitality, right? All of these traditional verticals. But from a marketer's perspective, I actually think it's an incredibly compelling marketing tool because when we think about what's going on with the energy revolution right now, offering EV charging is a way to actually draw customers into you in a way that a lot of other traditional marketing can't. A lot of people, as they're starting to buy electric vehicles more frequently, they're rewiring their daily routines a little bit, right? Finding new patterns so that they're seeking out places to charge. And so if you are a hotel, it's not going to be far into the future, if not already happening today, that some of your clients might choose or not choose you based on whether you offer charging. So it's a way to draw people in. Same thing with restaurants, same things with a bunch of different verticals and outlets. And so I think, again, wearing our marketing hats, it's just a really compelling way to truly integrate your organization into the fabric of someone's daily life in a way that is really unique. And I think that is just so incredibly fascinating and compelling on top of all of the really fantastic environmental benefits we have, which is the driving force behind all of this. And so really proud to be part of a company that is part of that larger mission of transitioning into clean energy. And one of the things that Linkwell and its family of companies do really well, like I alluded to during my intro, is it's so much more than just putting a charger in the ground. That's just the hardware, right? Success really comes from having this really fantastic, elegant experience, both for the person that owns or manages that charger or whose business it's in front of, but also for the end user, that driver, right? We want to have somebody come up and have a really seamless experience so that this isn't something that's an imposition. This is actually an elevated experience versus what you might experience with a traditional vehicle. And so a lot of what we do is not only 
that hardware and, and kind of physical side of it, but also the software that supports all of it, which is where a lot of that customer experience comes from. Absolutely. So let's talk marketing. What's big, what, what's the big focus right now for you when it comes to a marketing perspective or in a new year, everyone's thinking about their strategy. Where are you focused and where's your mind right now uh, in terms of marketing? Yeah, it's a great question to follow up that intro into our companies because part of my answer is linked to just the complexity of our particular family of companies, but also in recognition of just what a dynamic industry we are in, right? Even if you're not in the EV industry, just as a general consumer of news and data, there's endless reports, articles, always something on the news almost daily, right? Even as a casual observer. And so we're just a part of this extremely dynamic ecosystem right now. And so from a marketing perspective, one of the things I always strive for is you don't have to do everything all at once, right? No human can do that, but you need to be able to control the chaos, right? So that all of that dynamic energy you're able to channel it in a way that's beneficial for you in the company. So for us, a lot of what we're working on right now is getting our systems, processes, and data in place to do just that, right? Do we have the system structured in a way that not only tracks all of these different channels and customer segments and all of these things, but also translates it into actionable and usable data? For me, a big passion of mine at every company I've been a part of, and I'm certainly bringing that into Linkwell, is data governance, right? And using data as that common language that turns it from a marketing conversation, therefore into a go-to-market conversation, and really into a company strategy conversation. So mm. that's a big focus for us for the first probably couple of quarters this year. I love that. And for those listening, what do you exactly mean by data governance? Is that kind of the process of collecting up all the data and figuring out how to analyze it and what to do with it? Or can you go a little level deeper into that and how all that works? Yeah, I'm smiling because as a marketer, I probably should come up with a name that evokes a lot more excitement. And yet I somehow have settled on data governance. And I feel like as soon as I say it, a lot of folks like immediately like class over and oh my gosh, this is not exciting. This is going to be super analytical in the weeds, data crunching. And there's some truth to that. But to your question, Brad, it really is just how I described it, the systems, processes, and ultimately the people that guide how you input, manipulate, and use your data. And so things like your CRM, it's just a tool, right? It's just a database with some fancy UI, UX capabilities. That's all it is. It's the human interaction. It's the programming of it. It's how you manipulate and use that data that actually is where the value comes from. And so if you have, let's say, multiple different go-to-market channels, but your CRM isn't set up to actually segment by those different channels and create distinct customer journeys and drive data insights that are channel specific. When you like just blend all of that together and generalize it, you lose all the good stuff. You only see these patterns and these insights and these data points that actually lead you to drive and refine your strategy when you can slice and dice it down to these specific segments or channels. And so a lot of what I typically do when I'm standing up data governance 
is I start with the systems, identify the data or reports that we need, set up the reports of record so we're all finding the data in the same places, actually defining key terminology as silly as that is, but things like what is a lead? What is an opportunity? How do we define conversion? And almost coming up with a glossary of key terminology and then eventually pulling all of that through SOPs so that anybody that's in the system and touching this data is actually doing so in a way that is harmonized, right? We don't have one person inputting data a certain way over here in a completely different way over here because that would detract from our ability to then use the data. So mm. it is in the weeds, right? There is a lot of analytics and detailed components to it, but the output, again, is just this shared language so that at any level within an organization, when you need to have a critical conversation that's backed by data, all of this is already settled business, right? And you can cut to the chase and be like, hey, the leads report that we've all looked at for this channel segment is telling us this, which would lead us to this strategic decision. That conversation can be really quick, impactful, and succinct if all of that other stuff is already solutioned. So to me, that is what data governance is. Absolutely. If I'm a marketer out there listening today, and maybe our data governance isn't quite put together like I'd like it to be, how do I get started with this? Do I do I come up with a master plan and then present it? Is it a series of meetings and workshops with the CEO and the leadership team? Or what does that look like? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think some of it I would throw back on whoever's considering. And first of all, gauge the temperature and kind of appetite for adopting something like this. If you guys have a tremendous number of really well-known pain points and you feel like, man, everybody's really hungry for a solution, then I think you go in with maybe a more robust long-term plan because people will be hungry for it. If folks don't see the pain points yet, and you're thinking steps into the future that others might not be, you might want to piece it out a little bit and just maybe start off with, hey guys, what are the five to 10 key reports that we all agree are the ones that guide the business? Great, now where are those source reports and who owns them? Great first step. Once you do that and take that first step, it's gonna organically start to snowball because what's gonna happen is, okay, here's this source report for the sales funnel, just as an example. In creating and aligning on that source report, you're gonna to start to talk about key definitions like leads and opportunities and opportunity stages and conversion. And that's gonna then lead to, okay, all of a sudden, now that we really have a firm understanding about what these different elements are, we should create process around it, right? So this like report to definition to SOP kind of continuum, even if you don't deliberately map it out that way going into it, it just starts to evolve to that because people then start to get pretty fanatical about, okay, we are putting in this effort, it should be specific, but we need these other things to actually make it specific in real life. And you start to, again, it starts to snowball and gain momentum. The other way that I've both sold data governance and truly actually seen it pay off in real life is any department, marketing included, but I would put 
sales, customer service, account management, maybe even product into this bucket, we're all going to need more resources someday, right? We're all going to have that conversation where you already know in your mind, gosh, to do these next things that we want to do, I need these things, whether it's people, money, whatever. As you start leaning into this data governance process, what starts to happen is it knits all of those go-to-market teams together. And in these meetings, which to go back to an earlier question, like I would probably have a monthly meeting on this once you actually start getting going. So when you're in these monthly meetings, it's gonna become really clear where in your business you need help. And so it goes from marketing in a silo, let's say waving their hands and saying, guys, we don't have enough leads at the top of the funnel. We've maxed out organic. We've got to have some more advertising budget to sales, marketing, CS, IT, right? Whatever kind of that data governance group is all looking at the same report together saying, hey, guys, we don't have enough leads in the funnel. We've got to give marketing more money. And so it really is an incredible expedition tool to get decisions and critical resources in the right hands sooner rather than later because you've already got buy-in, right? That buy-in is baked into this rhythm that you've created. And going back to something that we said at the beginning, data is that common language, right? Marketers tend to be really jargony. I'm guilty of it too. We all do it. We love our acronyms. We love our cool tech tools. But if we go into a resource conversation with that jargon, we lose people, right? But if it organically comes out of this evergreen data-driven conversation within our peer group, that totally changes the dynamic. And again, I've seen it happen where the resources get allocated probably 10 times more quickly than they otherwise would have been. Very interesting. So just any general advice you'd have for other marketing leaders out there today could be related to this or could be related to figuring out your strategy or anything we talked about. Any recap advice here? One thing I talk about with my team that has very fortunately been a big part of my career is be thankful when there's gaps in the organization because then you get to fill it, right? If everything was figured out, then you're just using a recipe that someone else created and you're just rinsing and repeating it. And there's some value in that, right? But it's not a career defining or elevating exercise. But when something doesn't exist, data governance could be a good example, but there's a million other examples. That means it's a leadership opportunity. There's a vacuum that you or your team or a group of folks that you pull together can fill. And not only does filling that give you leadership experience, but then creating the tools, the systems, the frameworks, whatever, to execute on that gap, all of that is incredibly educational. And so many of the things that have ended up being the tent poles of my career came out of that there was a gap we had an interest we filled it we created and we learned and we now we use it over and again so that would be my biggest piece of advice absolutely i love it all right a fun question is wrapping up here is there anything you wish you would have known when you were younger when it comes to marketing or operating in companies or anything that you know now and you'd say to your younger self 
I love that. Don't we all have those kind of moments and questions and thoughts? For me, I did not start in marketing. It was always on the periphery. And like I said, in my intro, I, I landed on it and have firmly been in it for the past 10 years. But as I was making that transition, it really bothered me that I was not a homegrown marketer. I didn't go to undergrad for this. So much of it, I had to self-teach and learn by experience and pull kind of my own education together. And for a while, I actually was like, gosh, I wonder if this is a liability. There's fantastic marketers that have been eat, sleeping and breathing this their entire career. And here I am with this different path. But at this point, and again, actually, I think data governance is a good example of this, having that cross-functional go-to-market experience from sales, biz dev, channels, new venture, I've managed inside sales teams, I think actually makes me a better marketer, right? Because I can learn the tools and the systems and all of that stuff, but having sat in all of these different roles, understanding their pain points, their dynamics, their motivations, I probably don't realize it, but I'm always thinking cross-functionally because I still have a piece of my mind that's still sitting in all of these roles as opposed to someone that was just a homegrown marketer. And so my piece of advice is not that there's anything wrong with folks that spend their whole career in marketing because they are incredibly talented, but more that whatever your path is, if it's not traditional, that's okay, lean into it. It makes you unique. I don't even know what traditional is. I don't know that there is normal or traditional, right? We all have our own unique path, but however you've zigged and zagged, all of those things, those experiences are arrows in your quiver, right? And it makes you uniquely qualified for something. And if that something isn't common, actually maybe that's not a bad thing, right? Maybe you have this really unique combination of skills that might not be broadly applicable, but where it's needed, you provide a tremendous amount of value. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. As we're wrapping up here, any last closing remarks on the episode? No, I just, I appreciate the conversation. Like I say, to me, data governance has been really a linchpin concept, especially in the past five years of my career. And so just encourage folks to lean into it. It's not about being perfect. It is truly the poster child for the journey is more important than the destination. So just start somewhere and see where it takes you. Absolutely. Kelly, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for joining today. Awesome. Thanks, Brad. Absolutely.